Okay, good evening everyone. Bruch Mabam. Thank you everyone for coming. The Yom Tif of Pesach is coming up. I've seen less than uh, two weeks. And uh, we're going to delve into a very uh, amazing topic. And it's something that really is a very profound concept. And uh, one would think that all the mitzvahs that we do on Pesach are commemorating, obviously, the events of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. We're commemorating how Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. We eat the matzah to remember that when Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, it wasn't a slow process. It was keherafayin. It was instantly. And we eat the marah to commemorate how bitter it was in Mitzrayim, the mariros in Mitzrayim, the bitterness. And we bring the carbon Pesach to commemorate how Hashem jumped over the Jewish homes. And we all think that these are the reasons for the mitzvah. And then we come to a number of small incidents in the Chumash, which really will shatter our whole understanding of what Pesach is all about. We begin with Rashi and Parshas Taldos. Remember when uh, Yitzchak had planned on giving the brachos to Esav, and he tells Esav, look, you know, I don't know when I'm going to die. Bring me Shnei Gedoya Izim. Bring me two goats, two kids, two goats. So Rashi asks, I mean, you know, there are people that could eat a lot, but it doesn't matter how much you could eat. No one's eating two goats, especially Yitzchak. I mean, how much could you eat already? What does Yitzchak need two goats for? Says Rashi, if you look at number one, Would Yitzchak eat two goats? It was the Yom Tif of Pesach. The day that Yitzchak wanted to give Esav the brachos was Pesach. What did he need two goats for? One, he was makriv as a carbon Pesach. And one was the carbon Chagiga. We know the carbon Pesach has to be eaten al hasoiva after you're ready full. So first, the first goat was for the carbon Chagiga. The second goat was for the carbon Pesach. I mean, what? What is that supposed to mean? Yitzchak needed a carbon Pesach? I mean, isn't carbon Pesach to commemorate the fact that when Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, He jumped over the Jewish homes? I mean, this hasn't happened yet. Why in the world would Yitzchak, why in the world would Yitzchak be sacrificing a carbon Pesach to commemorate something that hasn't happened? I mean, that's like, you know, celebrating Abraham Lincoln's birthday before he's born, right? I mean, there's certain dates in the calendar that commemorate events. What? There's no concept of commemorating something that hasn't happened yet. What in the world is Yitzchak doing? Okay, then we find that Yitzchak wasn't the only one who celebrated Pesach. If you remember all the way back to Parshas Vayera, Ah, oh, who said Lot? Gabi. Ah, oh, very good. Right? Remember when the Malachim, when the Malachim came to visit uh, Abraham? So Abraham, they told Abraham that uh, this time next year, Sarah is going to have a child. And then they go to who? They go to Lot. And what does the Pasuk say? Look at number two. Malachim come to Lot's house. They make a party. They bake matzos. Says Rashi, what they bake matzos for? Pesach. It was Pesach. I mean, yeah, so, so what if it's Pesach? We eat matzah to commemorate that when Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, we didn't have an opportunity to let the bread rise. So what in the world is Lot doing celebrating Pesach? I mean, why would he commemorate an event that hasn't happened yet? Well, what's going on? What's Lot doing eating the matzah? And by the way, some commentaries say, what does it mean, Vayas lohem mishteh? 
What's a mishta? Ain't mishta ela biyayin. They were drinking the dalad kaisais to tap it off. I mean, who could, you know, what's matzah without some wine? So not only were they eating the matzah, they were drinking wine. What's Lot doing having a say there to commemorate something that hasn't transpired? Okay. Last week, you know, the Lamda Shapar of the Shir was a very, very big hit. So, you know, I've had some requests to have, you know, stick in a little bit of extra Lamdas into the Shir. So, um, we have a Gemara Psachim. The Gemara Psachim says like this. Anybody know, are women obligated in the Daud Kosos on Pesach? Do women have to drink the four cups of wine? Yes. Even though... Even though it's what we call mitzvah shazman grama, it's governed by time. Nevertheless, women are obligated in the Dalit Kaisas. The Gemara says in Psachim, on the bottom of page Kufches, moving on to Kufches Amabez, says the Gemara, Amr Rabbi Shoban Levi, Noshim Chayavos Barba Kaisas, women are obligated in the four cups of wine, She'af, Hain, Hayu, Ba'isai, Hanes, because women also. We're part of the miracle. In other words, you know, were the women in Mitzrayim? Yeah, of course they're in Mitzrayim. Did they come out of Mitzrayim? Yeah. You know, even though there were a couple of men there would have liked to leave some of them behind, they also, right? They also came out of Mitzrayim. Yeah? The women came out of Mitzrayim. And therefore, says the Gemara, women are chayiv in the Dalit Kosos because they also benefited from the miracle. Question. Are women chayiv in Mikra Megillah? Do they have to hear the Megillah on Purim? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Why? Same reason. The Gemara Megillah says, Afhein Hanes, they were also saved from Haman. Are women obligated to light the Ner Hanukkah? Yes. Why? Says the Gemara in Shabbos. Afhein Hanes, they were part of the miracle. Asks Tysus a question. Are women obligated to sit in the sukkah? On sukkahs? No. 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 Why? Because it's a mitzvah saseh, she has man gram. It's a mitzvah governed by time. Ask Tysus, what do you mean? Why don't we say the same thing? Af, hein, hayu, ba'isai hanes. Women also were protected by the ananiya covered in the midbar, right? When, the, when we were traveling in the midbar, not only were the men under these clouds of glory, the women were also under the clouds of glory. And therefore, Tysus asks the question, why are women not obligated in... The mitzvah of sukkah, if they also were part of the miracle. That's Tosus' question, Mesechta Psachim. In Mesechta Megillah, Tosus asks, on matzah, are women chayiv in matzah? Yes. yes. Why? So the Gemara Psachim has a drasha. Anyone who is not allowed to eat chametz is obligated to eat matzah. We have a special drush that says, chametz. Whoever's not eating chametz has to eat matzah. Ask Toysvis, what do we need to come up with this special drusha that women are chayv in matzah? Because anyone who's not eating chametz has to eat matzah. Just say very simply, women are chayv in matzah. Why? Af, hein, hayu, hanes. Women also left Mitzrayim. The same thing, that, right? The Gemara says, why do women have to drink the four cups of wine? Because they also left Mitzrayim. Ask Tosis, why are women achayv in the midst of matzah? Because af hein hayu hanes. Says Tosis in Masechta Pesachim. Says Tosis in Masechta Megillah. That the concept of Afhain Hayuba Isai Hanes will only obligate women in mitzvos midrabanan. Right? The four cups of wine. Is that Dairaisa or Drabanan? Drabanan. Drabanan. Mikra Megillah, is that Dairaisa or Drabanan? Drabanan. 
Ner Chanukah is at the Rais of Rabbanon. Rabbanon. Af Hein Hayub Oisa and Nes will only obligate women in Mitzvot that are Rabbanon. But Matzah, but Sukkah, which are Mitzvot that Raisa, the concept of Af Hein Hayub Oisa and Nes will not obligate women in these types of Mitzvot. That's what Taisus says in Sechta Psachim, Dav Kuf, Ches Amr Beit. Question is, what's the difference? Who cares? What? Why does it matter if it's a mitzvah dairaisa or a mitzvah drabanan? I mean, what's the logic? The logic is that if God saved the women, shouldn't the women also appreciate the miracle? So mali, whether it's a mitzvah drabanan, mali if it's a mitzvah dairaisa, what's the logic of Taisvis, right? Again, Taisvis says that the concept of afhein hayu ba'oso hanes, the concept that women were also saved from the miracle, through this miracle, will only obligate women in mitzvah drabanan, not in mitzvah dairaisa. Well, what's the difference? What's the difference? A good kasha, right? By the way, who asked this question? Rav Mordechai Gifter, Zechatzak Levracha, the Rashiva of Tells. He asked this question in a sefer called Pirkei Mayed. Now, the sefer Pirkei Mayed was published upon the occasion of the graduation of Yeshiva Dachei Taira in Tavshin Nunhei. That's when they published the sefer. So, if you want to get a hold of the sefer, you got to find somebody who graduated Yeshiva Darche Taira in Tavshin Nunhe. This is where the question appears. Okay. Good question. What's the difference if it's a Mitzvah Dairaisa or a Mitzvah Drabana? Another question. When you light the Chanukah Menorah, what bracha do you make besides the bracha on the Mitzvah? Sha'ad, right? Sha'ad. Sha'ad Nisim Baruch Hashem, He made a miracle for us. When you light... When you lay in the Megillah, what bracha do you make? Sha'asa Nisam Laveseinah. Right? When we have a Yom Tiv commemorating a miracle, you make Sha'asa Nisam. So why in the world do we not make the bracha Sha'asa Nisam Laveseinah? The night of Pesach. What, no miracles happened when we left Mitzrayim? There weren't enough miracles? Yeah, Makas Bukharis wasn't a big enough miracle? All the ten Makas were not big enough miracles? Why would we not make the bracha of Sha'asa Nisam Laveseinah the night of Pesach? Okay, so we have... Right? We have four questions over here. We want to know, why was Yitzchak eating from the carbon Pesach before we left Mitzrayim? Why was Lot eating matzah before we left Mitzrayim? We want to know, why does the concept of Aphen Hoyu Ba'oso Anes, that if somebody was also saved by the miracle, they're obligated in the mitzvah, but that's only by rabbinic mitzvahs, not by biblical mitzvahs. And we wanted to know, why we don't make the bracha of Sha'asa Nisim Lavoseinu the night of Pesach. Okay. We come to a, a very special character, right? A few weeks ago, we discussed the Chacham, right? So this week, we're going to talk about the Russia, right? The Bali Machshava say, you know, everybody has a little bit of the four sons, you know, you have a little bit of each one of the four sons in you. Everyone has a little bit of a Chacham, a little bit of a Russia, a little bit of a Tom, a little bit of a Shani So Anyway, Chazal tell us in the Haggadah, Russia, Mahuaymer. What does the Russia say? Yeah, what does the Russia say? So the so the Haggadah says the Russia says Ma Ho'avoida Hazoyslachem. What in the What are you doing? Right, Ma Ho'avoida Hazoyslachem. What are you doing? What's this carbon Pesach that you're bringing? What's this matzah that you're eating? What's the marla that you're eating? And the Baal Haggadah says Lachem Vleilai. The Russia is saying you, but I'm not included. Right, it's you. What are you doing? I'm not part of what you're doing. Says the Haggadah, because the Rasha removes himself from the main body of the Jewish people, right? He says, What are you doing? as if he's not part of it. It's like he denies God, right? A Jew who does not merge with the rest of the Tzibor, 
It's like he doesn't have a share in God himself. So what do we do? You should also knock out his teeth. You know, some say, well, who's the also? Besides the dentist, right? The af. <laughs> who, 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 even also? Anyway, you should also knock out his teeth. At the Emerla, you tell him the following. Because of this, God did this for me when I left Mitzrayim. In other words, because of these mitzvahs, God took me out of Mitzrayim. Leave Lolo, me, but not you. If you would have been there, you would not have been redeemed. Okay, so let's try to understand. What exactly is the Russia asking? What's his problem? What's, what's his problem? What doesn't he get? He says, what is this avoda that you're doing? Now again, he's not, he's not the tum. He's not the simpleton. He's not the guy who doesn't know how to ask. He's a smart guy. He's just wicked. So what's his problem? What does he want to know? Why are we doing it? I mean, it says in the Chumash. What he doesn't know? He, and what's the answer? Oh, Russia. We left Egypt. Well, you don't think the Russia knows we left Egypt? Right? We're not talking to the Tom here. The Russia, if we're talking about a guy who doesn't know that we left Egypt, he's not a Russia. He's a Tinoch Shanish, but he doesn't know anything. It's not his fault. It's his father's fault. His father should have told him we left Egypt. Well, we're talking to somebody who doesn't know that we left Egypt? I mean, you know, what's the back and forth over here? What's this exchange? The Russia says, what are you doing? And we tell him we left Egypt. Well, he doesn't know that. You know, where was he last year? You know, what, what, what's this exchange? Now, let's look in the Chumash, because uh, all the Psukim in the Haggadah and all the Drushas in the Haggadah are not just uh, made up out of the blue. These are straight out Psukim in the Chumash. So let's try to find in the Chumash where the Russia asks this question. Okay? The Russia asks this question in Parshas, but look at number 8. V'haya, it will be, ki yaymru aleichem b'neichem. Your children will ask you, ma ho'avoida hazois lochem. Do those words sound familiar? Whose words are those? Russia. The Russia, exact, word for word, right? In the Haggadah, the Russia says, What answer does the Torah give the Russia? The Pasuk says, You should say, This is the carbon Pesach. God jumped over our houses. He killed the Egyptians. He saved us. I don't understand. That's not the read, that's not the answer the Haggadah says. The Haggadah quotes a completely different pasuk. The Haggadah quotes the pasuk of what? And that's not the pasuk that the Torah says. The pasuk that the Chumash says is Why is the Baal Haggadah? By the way, Reb he's like the founder of Ger Hasidus. He writes, who wrote the Haggadah? We know Anshek Nesses Haggadah, but who specifically? He writes that the Haggadah is written by Elio Anavi. Okay, that's what he writes. But in any event, right, it's written by the Anshek Nesses Why did the, right, however great the Anshek Nesses Haggadah are, there's one body of work they can't disagree with, the Chumash. So, they're bringing down the question of the Rasha, and they're bringing down a completely different answer. Now, the answer the Baal HaGadah brings down is in, a, in the Chumash, it's the answer given to the Sheinah Yodei Elisha. Take a look at number 9. It says, And Rashi, by the way, brings down over there 
that this is the response to the she'eno yodei elisha, the kid who doesn't know how to ask, so we just put words in his mouth. We tell him, So Rashi says, well, this is also a remez to the answer to the Rasha. In other words, we're telling the Rasha, this is what God did for me, but if you would have been there, you would not have been redeemed. Okay. So it's a little bit... Yeah, we're telling the Rasha, if you would have been in Egypt... You never would have come out. But why is it that the Baal Haggadah, you know, he's like, it's like he's taking his scalpel, he's extracting the question of the Rasha, he's taking an answer out of a completely different episode in the Chumash, he's ignoring the answer the Torah gives to the Rasha, and he's picking a different answer. And we don't understand, what is this whole exchange between the Rasha and the Father? The Rasha says, what are you doing? And the Father says, we left Egypt. I mean, what kind of answer is that? Okay. So the Beis Halevi, in perhaps, and I've heard, I've heard it said by very great people, this is the most profound essay written by the Beis Halevi. He advances a really earth-shattering concept. And he says, this Russia is no slouch. This Russia is a brilliant man. And you know what the Russia says? The Russia says like this. He says, excuse me, what's the reason for the carbon Pesach? You know, why is God... Asking us to slaughter a lamb. For what purpose? What? He's hungry, he likes lamb chops, he likes lamb stew. What does he want, us? What does he want from us? So we know, when Hashem told us about the carbon Pesach, He said, Mishchu ukechu. Pull away. Pull away what? The Medrash tells us, pull away from Avodah Pull away from idolatry. We know the Egyptians worshipped the Seh, the sheep. That was their god. And because the Egyptians subjugated us for so many years, not only did we come under their control, we started emulating their forms of worship, and the Jewish people were halalu We began to worship the sheep. And therefore God says, look, you know what you're going to do? You're going to take the so-called God of the Egyptians, and you're going to slaughter it before them. And Moshe says, what? Hey, Nizbach! Right? Hey, Nizbach has Tayavas Mitzrayim le'eneyem v'layis galunu. Even Moshe Rabbeinu was incredulous when God said, you have to, you have to slaughter the sheep. Moshe said, they're going to kill us. God said, you ain't leaving here until you do that. They need to see, the Jewish people need to see that the sheep is powerless. Otherwise, I'm going to take them to accept the Torah and they're going to start bowing down to who knows what. Before we get out of here, you got to kill the sheep. And that was the reason for the mitzvah of Karben Pesach. That's why God said, Mishchu, Pull away from Avodah And in fact, the Aruch HaShulchan of all people, right, it's a halacha sefer. Listen to what he says. It's Ga'inas. If you read the simple psukim, after Makas Barad, Paro is let, ready to let us go free. After Makas Barad, Paro declares, right, self-righteously, he says, Ani, right, Hashem HaTzadik, God is righteous, Va'ani Va'ami HaRishayim, and my people, they're all wicked. Okay? Paro basically admitted, He's a hoax, he's a phony, God is a true God. And yet, what comes after Makas Barad? Arbe. What did Paro say after Arbe? He comes to Moshe, he says, Moshe, Vayigore Shoysam. Moshe, get lost. And then after the next Maka, Choshech, what does Paro say? He said, Al Toysef Rois Panai, get out of here, I don't want to see your face again. So what happened? Right? Well, Paro, after Makas 
Barad, he's ready to admit God is the true God. So why did he change his mind? After Arba, he says, get lost. After Choshech, he says, I never want to see your face again. I mean, he was basically ready to send us forth. What changed? Says Arach HaShulchan, what changed was the month of Nisan was approaching. And the mazel of Chodesh Nisan is... Teleh, the sheep, which is the god of the Egyptians. And as the month of Nisan is approaching, Paro feels more and more empowered. He feels like, you know, his, the forces of his idolatry are going to work wonders for him. And as he, you know, prolongs the Jewish stay, he'll be able to keep them forever as Nisan is coming. And therefore God says to the Bnei Yisrael, HaChodesh Hazeh This month, that the Mitzrayim thinks belongs to them, I will make it yours, because in the month that they feel empowered, I will shatter their gods. That's what it means. This month that Paro thought belonged to him, I will make it yours. So the Russia says to his father, Come on, Dad. We all know the reason for the carbon Pesach is to wean the Jewish people off idolatry. But God, but Dad, we live in America. We don't worship the sheep anymore. Who worships the sheep? Who serves idols? This mitzvah is archaic. This mitzvah is, you know, ancient history. It's barbaric. Of course I understand why 2,000 years ago, the Russia says, they had to bring the carbon Pesach. But what are you doing it for? It's irrelevant to you, says the Beis Halevi. Like all deviant Jewish movements, the Russia sticks out his front hooves, making believe like he's a big tzaddik, accepting the Torah, but saying the Torah should not apply anymore. Right? Of course, yeah, the reason for Shabbos is so it should be a day of rest. So now, in America, where it's more restful to watch television or to uh, sit back and talk on the telephone or turn on the air conditioner, then that's what God wants from us. It's not that He denies the Shabbos. He knows how to keep the Shabbos more than we do. The Russia says, come on. The purpose of uh, eating matzah is to celebrate freedom. Yeah, but nobody subjugates the Jews anymore. So now in our century, we have a different kind of freedom. We should celebrate freedom of minorities. And we should celebrate freedom of the earth from the shackles of you know, mankind. Celebrate... You know, protecting the world from global warming and from uh, save the whales. That's Pesach in the year 2012. That's the Taina of the Russia. Right? That's the Russia's Taina. That's freedom in the year 2012. That's a good question. That's a real Russia. He's not a Tam. He's not a Sheyeni Adelishol. He knows how to ask. Says the Beis Halevi, look carefully at the Psukim. Look at number 8. When the Rasha asks his question, the Torah says, you should say. The Torah doesn't say, you should say to them. The Torah is not giving you the response to the Rasha. The Torah is telling you the response to yourself. When you hear this kind of profanities, when you hear this kind of apikarsos, the first thing you need to do before you respond of before you respond to him, you need to respond to yourself. You need to be mechazik your own emuna. Va'amartem zevach pesachu Hashem. That's what you tell yourself. So, One second, let's develop, okay? So what do you tell the Rasha? This is Go'inus. Says the Beis Halevi, the Rasha 
however smart he is, is making one major error. And it's an error that perhaps we make also. If you ask the Russia, right, the Russia says, what's the reason for Pesach? To keep us away from Avodah Zarah. It's not relevant anymore. What's the reason for Matzah? God took us out of Egypt like that. Eh, that was 3,000 years ago. What's the reason for Mara? The bitterness of Egypt. Better to commemorate, you know, the bitterness of Biafra than the, than the bitterness of Egypt. So what do we tell the Russia? We say, you got it backward. You got it backward. Says the Beis Halevi, People make a mistake and think that the reason we sit in a sukkah on sukkahs is to commemorate the fact that when we left Mitzrayim, God put us in the clouds of glory. People make a mistake and think the reason why we eat matzah on Pesach is to commemorate God took us out of Egypt. We eat marah to commemorate Egypt. Just the opposite. No mitzvah in the Torah has a reason. You hear this? There is no such thing as mitzvahs having reasons. Mitzvahs don't have reasons. Mitzvahs are divine realities. They are absolute realities. What do I mean by that? Mitzvot are the word of God. There's no reason that causes God. We're going to say, we're going to attribute that because of an event, Hashem gave a mitzvah. What's a mitzvah? A mitzvah is the word of Hashem. We're going to say because of an event, Hashem said something? God is not... Changing. God is not affected by events. God is absolute reality. And therefore mitzvahs are absolute reality. And that means mitzvahs existed generations before the world was created. Right? We say about the Torah. Davart Sivala The Torah was commanded at the end of 1,000 generations. What do you mean? Moshe Rabbeinu was the 26th generation of creation. So the Gemara says that the Torah existed 974 generations before the world was created. That means there was a mitzvah of matzah before the world was created. There was a mitzvah of carbon Pesach before the world was created. There was a mitzvah of the Yom Tif of Pesach before the world was created. You know what you tell the Rasha? Rasha, we don't eat the carbon Pesach because Hashem needed to wean us off Avodah Zarah. No, just the opposite. We don't eat matzah because God took us out of Mitzrayim. God took us out of Mitzrayim because in the Torah there's a mitzvah of matzah. God took us out of Mitzrayim because in the Torah there's a mitzvah of marah. You know why things were bitter in Mitzrayim? Because in the Torah there's a mitzvah of marah. And, in the, and it says about the marah, the marah the mar commemorates the bitterness of Egypt. In other words, the horse doesn't come before the cart. The cart comes before the horse. The Beis Halevi completely turns upside down the entire concept of mitzvahs. It's not that because God took us out of Mitzrayim, we have a mitzvah of matzah. Because there is an absolute reality in the world of the mitzvah of matzah. So he led the Jews to suffer. No. Because it says in the Torah there's a mitzvah of marah, the absolute reality became we were embittered in Mitzrayim. They have to suffer to get this mitzvah. <coughs> in, a way, in other words, <coughs> matzah at its core, at the core of the mitzvah of matzah, it's not a commemoration of us leaving Egypt. The mitzvah of matzah is an absolute mitzvah that existed from the beginning of time. How, the mitzvah of Karim Pesach existed from the beginning of time. The mitzvah of Maror existed from the beginning of time. The Russia makes the mistake to think that God gave mitzvot for reasons. Yeah, reasons. And now the reasons apply differently. Mm -hmm. So now we'll change how the mitzvah is done. 
So we tell the Rasha the exact precise words. Bavur Zeh, because of the Matzah, because of the Marar, because of Karim Pesach, Asa Hashem Li Mitzrayim, God took me out of Mitzrayim. But that's the original uh, metaphor. That was the original. Not the opposite, right? Not that. He took us out of Mitzrayim and we commemorate it by eating the matzah. We commemorate it by bringing the Karim Pesach. We commemorate it by bringing the Mar. Just the opposite. Because there is an inherent, absolute existence of Mitzvah's Matzah, of Mitzvah's Mara, of Mitzvah's Karim Pesach, and this is a reality from the beginning of time, whether there's a Jewish people or there's not a Jewish people, whether there's a world, there's no world. There are mitzvahs. There's a mitzvah of matzah. The mitzvah of matzah is on the 15th day of Nisan. Ah, oh, Hashem looks in the Torah. God looks in the Torah and the Torah says there's a mitzvah of matzah on the 15th day of Nisan. Hashem says, Because of this mitzvah of matzah, I will take you out of Mitzrayim on that day. So the Beis HaLevi says, but that's not what we say in the Haggadah. We say in the Haggadah, Matzah zu al Al Shum, right? Right? We say, because God took us out of Egypt very quickly. Right? So we say in the Haggadah just the opposite. We say the reason for matzah is God took us out quickly. Says the Beis Halevi in the Haggadah, we're saying exactly what we're saying. How? Because in the Haggadah we don't say, what's, what's matzah for? We say, Why is it so important for us to eat the matzah? The relevance to us is God took us out of Mitzrayim. But that's not the core of the mitzvah of matzah. There is no, there is no time, there is no reason for a mitzvah. To give a reason for the mitzvah is applying human logic. And says Beis further, even where the Torah itself applies a logic, that is not the inherent reason. The inherent mitzvah is a chayk. A chayk is, it's a statute with no reason. Yeah, but, but it's very interesting that uh, the concept that you don't need a reason for mitzvah, it's very, makes sense, but almost all the mitzvah has a reasoning. Bite of, bite of we'll see, we'll see. No, no, only no. very few reasons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, only three times the Torah says laman. But for example, this is yeah, a, a few. Woman goes to mikvah. Yeah. Why she goes to mikvah? She can take a shower. She can take. Is that if she's gonna take a shower of the whole ocean of the world? It won't work. Why? The the mitzvah that's moving cleans her out. Not the mitzvah. It's not the water. It's not the dipping. It's not the mitzvah itself. So 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 what we're saying is the core. At the core of a mitzvah, there is no time. Even when the Torah itself says. And that's why, says the Beis Halevi, if you look at the response to the Rasha, look at number 9, where we say, In other words, the Pasuk is saying to the Rasha, Rasha, you got it completely backward. It's not because he took us out of Egypt, we have the mitzvah. It's because there's a mitzvah, that's why he took us out of Egypt. What do we say in Pasuk Yud? We tell the Rasha, Rasha, Guard this statue. What do you mean, chukah? The last mitzvah in the Torah that you'd say is a chayk is a carbon Pesach. The Torah says the reason for the carbon Pesach. It says because God jumped over our homes. It says the Beis HaLevi. That's the reason that makes it palatable to us, to our minds. But that's not the inherent reason. We tell the Russia, Russia, you know why the mitzvah still applies miyamim yamima for all times? Because ultimately it's a chayk, there's no reason. It's not because God took us out of Mitzrayim, we eat matzah, just the opposite. Because there's a mitzvah of matzah, therefore God took us out of Mitzrayim. And that is the reason why we find 
that Yitzchak Avinu is being mocked of the carbon Pesach before we ever went down to Mitzrayim. Well, right. What do we see from there? That it has at its core, at the core of a mitzvah, it has no connection whatsoever to any commemoration of an event. That's what just makes it relevant to us. That's what connects us to it. But in the purely divine sense, the mitzvah has no reason. That's why the Avos kept the Torah before it was given. Why is yeah, right? We find in Parshas uh, Vayera that Aaron Avinu of Tachas Ha'etz, so the matter says he was under the sukkah. Under the sukkah? What's he doing under the sukkah? He's commemorating Anani HaKovet that he never saw that was going to happen in the future? Sukkah has nothing to do with Anani HaKovet at its core, at the most, at the deepest level. It's an absolute command, just like we can say that God is governed by specific reason, we can't say the mitzvahs are governed by reason. Okay. <clears throat> Says Rav Mordechai Gifter in the Sefer Pirkei Moed, now we understand why Teisva says that the concept of af hein hayu will only obligate women in mitzvahs drabanon and not mitzvahs daraisa. Who created mitzvahs drabanon? The rabbis. Why did they do it? They did it for a reason. What was the reason? To commemorate the miracle. Ah, oh, to commemorate the miracle. So if women were part of the miracle, so we'll extend the mitzvah for them, right? Women are obligated to drink the Dalakosos because the Chachamim enacted Dalakosos to commemorate Mitzrayim. So we'll extend it to women. Women are also Mitzrayim. The Chachamim created Mikra Megillah to, to commemorate the miracle of Purim. So women will also have to read the Megillah. The Chachamim created the Mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah to create the miracle of Hanukkah. So women will also light it. But what do you want to say? Because women sat under the Anani Akavo, they should also sit under the Sukkah? Anani Akavo has nothing to do with Sukkahs. Even though that's the reason the Torah says. At its core, a mitzvah de oraisa has no reason. So what do you want to say? Women should sit under the Sukkah because they benefit from Anani Akavo? No! That would be trying to apply a reason to Hashem's Torah. We have no right to do that. We can't do that. You, what do you want to say? Women should have to eat matzah because they left Mitzrayim? There is no reason for matzah through which you want to extend it through the principle of Afin Hoyibaisanes. Oh, the Gemara gives a different reason why women are chayav in matzah. There's a drasha. The Torah itself says that anyone who's not to eat chametz has to eat matzah. Okay? So this is the back and forth, according to the Beis Halevi, between the Russia and the father. The Russia doesn't want to know what the mitzvah is. He knows what the mitzvah is. He wants to know why do you continue to do the mitzvah when the reasons don't apply, when it's irrelevant, when the mitzvah seems to be archaic. And the mistake the Russia is making is that no matter how good a reason we have to do a mitzvah, at its core, we don't need the reason. And the reason is just, as Rav Moshe Feinstein writes, a tam of a mitzvah is a prat nosaf. It's an added aspect of the mitzvah, but in no way does the reason govern, change, modify, enhance. The reason is an added part. The mitzvah is an absolute reality. It's the word of Hashem. That's why Avram Avinu kept Pesach. That's why Avram Avinu kept Sukkot. That's why Lloyd kept Pesach. Because these are divine realities. But it's overwhelming our old connection to the bris and so forth. We, and we put on tefillin. We have to have a mind that's right. No, we don't, we don't so, so the Beis Halevi adds that even though we find that the Torah says this should remind you of Mitzrayim, that, that's only, he says, so we should not be ingrates. And 
when we're doing something that does commemorate Mitzrayim, if one would ignore the fact that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, that would be like being a kafli taiva. Hashem took us out, how could we be so ungrateful? But at its core, to think, that's why Hashem commanded us about tefillin, because He took us out of Mitzrayim. Even had Hashem never taken us out of Mitzrayim, the mitzvah of tefillin would be a divine reality. The mitzvah of Pesach would be a divine reality. Says the Mordechai Gifter. Is it Russian, that's why he led him to his thinking? Or is it because of his thinking, that's why he became a Russian? That's a nice Chakira, but... Says the Mordechai Gifter. Why do we not make the brach of Sha'asa Nisim Lavaisenu the night of Pesach? Because what does Sha'asa Nisim Lavaisenu got to do with Pesach? Why would we make a bracha? Thank you, Hashem, for giving us Pesach to commemorate the miracle. That's not the reason for Pesach. That's the reason for Hanukkah, the Mitzvah Rabbana. That's the reason for Megil, for Purim. But on a, for a Mitzvah Dairaisa, you're going to make a bracha, Sha'asa Nisim Lavaisenu, as if the whole Yom Tif is based on this, to make a bracha, to be Kaiveya a bracha, to establish a bracha, as if the whole Yom Tif is based on a miracle? That's not the reason. We can't do that. We can't do that. That's the reason why Says Rav Gifter, the concept of Afhen Hayu Baisanis only applies to Mitzvah Drabanon and not Mitzvah Dairaisa. By the way, there's an earlier source for this idea. The Chassid Yaivitz, Rabbi Yosef Yaivitz, was one of the leaders of Spanish Jewry. He was one of the Gerushe Sfarad. And um, he writes in his commentary on Perkei Aves, What does the Mishnah mean in Ein Torah, Ein Derecharetz? Right? The Mishnah says, If not for the Torah, there's no Derecharetz. What does that mean? Says the Chassid Yaivitz. You see people plowing. You see people planting. You see people doing business. You see trees growing. Why are these phenomenon existing? Why is there a concept of planting, plowing? You know why? Because there's a mitzvah in the Torah of Shemitah. And once there's a mitzvah, that created the reality of planting. There's a mitzvah of Kibbut Avayim in the Torah, that created the reality of parents. There's a mitzvah of Shabbos, that created the reality of rest. Not the other way around. It's not that all the physical phenomenon exist. It's not that... Hashem created people with arms, and no, Hashem said, oh, you have arms? I'll give you a mitzvah of tefillin. Just the opposite. Because there's a mitzvah of tefillin, God created man with arms. Because there's a concept of mezuzah, God created houses in the world. Because people have a body, God created a talus. All the mitzvahs control and create the realities of the world, not the opposite. It's not that, oh, we have money, so God gave a mitzvah of tzedakah. Just the opposite. Because there's a mitzvah of tzedakah, God created the economics. All the in ain't Torah. Without the Torah, there would be no derech There would be no physical phenomenon in the world. Yes. Uh, actually, isn't it with Shlomo Hamelach? Didn't he say that he figured out why we have all the mitzvahs? And when he came to the Sanhefa, <laughs> he basically said he can't come up with anything. So everything else he came up with is wrong. Okay. Right. We find by the by the Paraduma that that Shlomo uh, said. He thought he would crack the code of the para. He couldn't crack it. That's what the Torah says. Right? At its core, every mitzvah is a chok. Now, I'll just say something very interesting. You know, what do we call a reason for a mitzvah in Hebrew? Tam. 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 So everybody thinks, what's, right? The Sfarim that write reasons for mitzvahs. Tam eha mitzvahs. The word tam does not mean reason. Right? The Sefer HaChinuch wrote the authoritative book on the Ta'amim for mitzvahs. Sefer HaChinuch writes in Parshas Vayikra, the word Tam does not mean reason, it means taste. I am offering a way to make the mitzvahs more tasty, 
more palatable, more acceptable, more relevant. But they're not the reasons. That's what gives meaning and taste to the mitzvah. It enhances the mitzvah. But it's not the reason of the mitzvah. Okay. We're going to end off with really an earth-shattering extension of this concept. Okay? So what we're learning is that although maybe before we came tonight, we thought that all the various mitzvahs were to commemorate certain events, what we're learning is just the opposite. All the events in the Torah, all the mitzvahs in the Torah create the reality, and, and that's why the mitzvah creates reality. Okay. We're going to end off with the Gemara and Tainus. And about this Gemara, Rav Hutner writes, countless pens and pencils have been wasted and broken trying to explain this Gemara. But with the follow, with the concept that we learned tonight, the Gemara is understandable. The Gemara says like this. Look at number 23. We'll go to the end. This Gemara and Tainus is a conversation between Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak. Amar Lei, Rabbi Yitzchak says to Rabbi Nachman, Hachi Amar Rabbi Yochanan. This is what Rabbi Yochanan said. Yaakov Avinu Loi Meis. Yaakov Avinu never died. Right? You never know. Maybe he's, you know, he'll walk in any minute. That's what the Gemara says in time. Yaakov Avinu never died. No? And people like to extend this to other people also, right? Okay, we'll leave it at that. Amar Lei. V'chi. Says the Gemara. V'chi b'chti saftu saftanaya. So Rav Nachman said, what are you talking about? You know, there are people who eulogized Yaakov. What, they wasted their time? They eulogized him for nothing? They mummified him. They embalmed him. They wrapped him like, you know, in the paper. They did it for nothing? And they put him in the ground. I mean, that means Yaakov is in the ground. Get me out of here, right? Right, Rabbi Yitzchak said Yaakov Avinu Lameh. Says Rav Nachman. So what they eulogize him for? What they bury him for? Says Rabbi Yitzchak, Amrle, what's your problem? Mikrani Doresh, I darshan the following Pasuk. Shenemar, the Pasuk says like this. Pasuk says, Viatal Tira Avdi Yaakov. Don't be afraid, Yaakov. No, Hashem says God. Viatechas Yisrael, don't be afraid. Don't tremble. Kihinani Mosheyacha Meirachok, I'll save you from a distance. Viatzaracha Meirach Shivyam, and I'll save your children. Says the Gemara, Makish Hulazarai. The Torah is comparing Yaakov to his descendants. Mazaro b'chayim, just like the descendants of Yaakov are alive, afhu b'chayim, Yaakov is alive also. Okay, you hear the back and forth? Rav Yitzchak said, Yaakov Avinu is alive. Rav Nachman said, what are you talking about? He's in the ground. And they buried him, and they mummified him, and they eulogized him. Says, Rav Yitzchak, yeah, but I darshan a pasuk. I mean, I have a question. Let's say I would come in and say, you know, the sun doesn't exist, I have a drasha. I mean, you could darshan from here till doomsday. If you see the sun, you see the sun. I don't care what drasha you have. Yaakov Avinu says, Rabbi Yitzchak, he's in the ground, I, right? He's in the Mara Samach Pela. They, they, the Torah says, they buried him, they eulogized him, they mummified him. So what are you telling me? And what's Rabbi Yitzchak saying? I darshan a pasuk. Who cares? The reality, he's, he's, he's dead. Says Rav Hutner, get ready for this. The concept that we're learning is Estakel ba'iraisa ubare ama. Rav Hutner writes, I'll just show you. He says, he says that Harbe Kulmasin Mishtabrin Varamelo. Many pens have been uh, broken trying to explain this Gemara. Yeah, but nobody has explained it aptly. No one has explained it correctly. What's the back and forth? Rav, Rav, Rav Yitzchak says he didn't die. Rav Nachman says, yeah, but I see him dead. Rav Yitzchak, I have a drasha. Listen to this. Istakel ba'iraisa ubara ama. 
God looks in the Torah and He creates the world, which means the following. There are many levels of Torah, right? We know there's Pardes, there's Pshat, there's Remez, there's Drush, there's Sod. There's the revealed aspect of the Torah. There are more hidden aspects of the Torah. There are more, more um, profound uh, meanings of the Torah that are not readily perceptible, that we don't perceive. Okay, so there's a revealed, there's the Pshat, there's the Remez, there's the Drush, there's the Sod. How did God create the world? He looked into the Torah. He said, oh, it says, there's a mitzvah of tefillin, openly, I'll create an arm. Oh, it says, there's mezuzah, I'll create houses. Oh, it says, there's, um, there's Pesach, I'll make... All the mitzvahs God used as a blueprint for creation. So the revealed aspect of the Torah creates the revealed aspect of the world. But let me ask you something. There are many dimensions of existence that we don't see, Right? There's Olam Haba. There are things happening in the world that we can't see with our eyes. There are Malachim. There are Shadim. There are all kinds of Olamais, right? If you look, read the Svarim, there are, there, there are vast, vast universes that we can't see. How did God create those aspects of creation that we don't see? Ah, with the open aspect of the Torah, with the Pshad of the Torah, He created the revealed aspect of the world. With the more profound aspects of the Torah, with the Jerusha of the Torah, with the Soda of the Torah, with the Renas of the Torah, with the parts of the Torah that are not easily perceived. He created those aspects of creation that we can't see, that we don't perceive. In other words, in the Chumash, we, we learned this last time, right? Rav Aaron Cutler writes, why doesn't it talk about Olam Haba and the Chumash? Because since the Chumash is the blueprint of the revealed aspect of the world, if it would mention Olam Haba and the Chumash, Olam Haba would, be, would have to be something we could see. And Hashem doesn't want that. Hashem wants Ayin Lairasa. Hashem wants it to be something that our physical eyes can see. So therefore Hashem took it out of the revealed part of the blueprint of creation and He put it into the, the less revealed part, into the Remez, into the Tarsh Peh. In other words, whatever you read openly in the Chumash, you see openly in the world. Whatever needs to be derived from the Chumash exists but sometimes in a way that we can't perceive. So Rabbi Yitzchak made the following statement, Yaakov avinu loy meis. Now presumably, what does that mean? He's walking around somewhere. Yeah. So Rabbi Nachman said, what are you talking about? He's in the ground. He's dead. So Rabbi Yitzchak said, no, you missed the point. I didn't say the Torah says he's dead. I darshaned it. Mikrani doireish. It's not that the Torah says it openly. It's something I expound beyond the revealed aspect of the Torah. This is something I derive through the more profound levels of Torah understanding. Oh, if that's the case, then the concept of Yaakov Avinu Loimeis is not something that anyone could perceive with their physical mind. This means Yaakov Avinu Loimeis on some, in some dimension that we don't perceive. In other words, what Rabbi, what, 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 what Rabbi Yitzchak was telling Rabbi Nachman was, I never said the Torah says he didn't die. If the Torah would say, Yaakov Avinu Laimes, we would be able to see Yaakov Avinu. He would walk into the room, we would see him, we would know he didn't die. But Rabbi, Rabbi Yitzchak says, you made a mistake. I didn't say Mikra Hu Kasov. I didn't say the Torah says it. I said Mikra Hu Doiresh, which means, incredible idea, that there are so many dimensions of Torah. And there's so many dimensions of existence. The revealed, the pshat of the Torah created the revealed aspect of existence. The more sublime aspects of the Torah created the more 
sublime aspects of existence. I'll give you one more example, and we'll close with this. The Medrash says that the day that B'nai Yisrael crossed the Yamsuf, what did they sing? Az Yashir. Says the Medrash, until the day Klai Yisrael sang Az Yashir, no one ever sang Shira to Hashem. And all the Mepharshim ask, what are you talking about? No one ever sang? Let's start with the first guy in the world. What did Adam Arishon sing? Mizmar Shir Liyam HaShabbos. So you're telling me until the Bnei Yisrael sang Az Yashir, no one ever sang Shira? Adam Arishon sang Shira. Says Rav Hodra, that's not a question. Does the Torah say Adam Arishon sang Shira? Or it's the Torah Shabbat Peh? Torah Shabbat Peh. So that means, if it doesn't say in the Chumash that, uh, that Adam sang Shira, he didn't sing an outright Shira where if we were there we could hear the words he was singing. In some deep, somewhere deep in the recesses of his neshama and in his inner soul was singing to Hashem. But when the, when the Medrash says that until B'nai Yisrael crossed the Yams of no one ever sang Shira, that means no one ever sang outright in a revealed way. Because this is the first time the Chumash records a Shira. If this is the first time the Chumash records it, this is the first time that, that, that it happened in the revealed world. Did it ever happen in a deeper way, in a more subliminal way? Of course it happened. But it never happened in the revealed way. Says Rav Hutner, this concept of Estako, Balraiso, Bari Alma is not just black and white. God looked into the Torah and He created the world. Every, right? And Rav Hutner says there's 70 levels of Torah. And each level of Torah corresponds to different dimensions of existence. The more open something is, the more revealed it is in the world. The more sublime it is, the more spiritually it, it plays out in the world. That's the concept of of Estakel Baraisa Bariyama, and as deep and profound a concept of it is, this is the answer the Torah says we have to give to the Rasha. This is the mistake of the Rasha. The error of the Rasha is the Rasha thing. Uh, mitzvah is a reason. We eat matzah to commemorate Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, and we tell the Rasha, pink fakir, just the opposite. Bavurzet, because of the mitzvah, Asa Hashem Mitzrayim. That's why God took us out of Mitzrayim. Thank you everyone for coming. Thank you for listening. But next Wednesday night, we hope to be able to continue with another share. Sure.